Hey, friends, Pastor Buddy Chapman, Keep the Promise Ministries. Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to be talking about leveraging your life. Tune in. I'll tell you what, you're going to be encouraged because what we find, we have bump bruises and setbacks in our life. But when we put God in the center, he can make all things work together for the good. We'll see you. Hey, everybody, if you're just tuning in, you've been prayed for. I know that I say this every week, but I'm excited about the message. I'm always excited about sharing what God's showing us and trying to equip us, encourage us, and challenge us to move in the things of God. That's what he wants us to do. He wants you to be more like who? Jesus. Amen. He wants you to be more like him. And I believe as we open God's word and adjust our life to what he has for us, that's what's going to happen. Because you know what? We have a changed life in Christ. If we put our faith and trust in the finished work of the cross, right? He says that we are a new creation in Christ. How many people are glad of that? How many people like fresh starts, new starts, do-overs? Amen. Oh, I got the right crowd today, baby. That's good. We're working it. But I want to share a few things here. And I was just writing some notes and I thought I wrote on here, read this so you don't mess it up. All right. Life has a way of getting our attention, doesn't it? You know, when we look back over our lives, there's no doubt there's some defining moments in our life. There's some experiences that knocked us down or drug us along until we come to that place where we leverage those lessons in life for great value. How many people know a little bit more? Than they did now than they did when they was 18, if you, if you got a couple, couple days on you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, if you're 18, that's all right. You knew more than when you were 12, right? Right? And if you're 12, you knew more than when you were 8. That's, that's the process. That's what's supposed to be happening, right? You're not supposed to stay the same way. God is showing us how to grow in our relationship with him. But also in that relationship, we have an opportunity to impact and affect other lives. Amen? Whose life are you impacting and fellowshipping and, and, and helping to grow into Christ? So when I look around the room here, I look left to right and I think about so many folks have, have been through so many things. So much more than I have, but there's been things I've been through. And, and as we go through this, right, I don't want us to think that we're just glossing over the tough times, okay? If you've got your hand out, you're going to see our three points on there. Talking about leveraging our losses, how we look at things is, is, makes all the difference in the world. That doesn't mean that our, our loss doesn't still hurt and sting a little bit here and there. But I'm telling you, God can work all things together for the good. And I want to tell you this. We might not even understand all these things this side of heaven. Amen. But we keep trusting. We keep pushing and keep moving on because God is good all the time, isn't he? So take a look at this. I had a few things here. I said, you know, it, it, it's just I'm going to skip out of here for a minute. This is what I see in life and also in ministering. What's normal for one person might not be normal for somebody else. You know, some have single parent homes, some have this, some have that. Some have been through some difficult times. But you know, the great thing about what we're sharing today is God never changes. So, so we can take whatever we started in this life and we don't have to stop there. Don't let your past mistakes say, well, you can only go to this or go to that. Let me tell you, all things are possible in Christ. Amen. And I want you to hear that today because I want to encourage folks that, you know what, we are moving forward. We're going to keep on moving. We're going to be the difference makers that God turns out for a time such as this. And guess what? If you don't have a tough time, you say, well, thanks a lot, buddy. If you're not having a tough time, we probably will sometime. That's life, isn't it? But we can be prepared for that. So let's take a look at our scripture. If you've got your Bibles with you today, we're going to be pretty much in James. But then I got a surprise for you. Man, we're going to open up some word today. So let's take a look at this. It says this. Verse 2. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know 
that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I'm going to tell you what, that reads a whole lot easier than it's lived out. Somebody say amen. It really does. And I want to talk a little bit about that. I don't want to jump too far ahead there. But I, I tell you what, how do we look to things when we... we Going through a tough time, we can't just keep focused on a problem. We've got to look at the problem solver. And so how do we leverage that into something positive? We've got to see it through the eyes of Christ. We've got to see it through the lens of the Lord. And so as we look at stuff, we need to continue to keep moving and keep pushing and leveraging our life. Now, some of y'all have heard my great-great-granddaddy story. Some of you haven't. So y'all act like it's the first time you ever heard it, okay, for those who have been here. When I was thinking about leverage, I think about a story that my dad told me about his grandfather in, back in West Virginia. They had a, a creek. Now, I think they called it a creek, but same thing. And it would come down the bottom of this mountain and everything else, and it was, and it was starting to, to erode my grandfather's yard. It was that, the power of that was just coming through and, and, and rinsing out his land. And they told him, they said, oh, man, you can't do nothing about that. Well, he was a praying guy. And the Lord just showed him... A little lesson in leverage, I think, is really cool. He got some of the boys out there. He said, now, look, that big old boulder over there on the back of the farm, I need that over here. They said, oh, Dad, come on. We don't want to move that. They get out there with everything, pushing and everything, and leveraging that boulder a little bit. He said, just put it right there. I'll handle it from here. So every day when he come out of the coal mines and everything else, that's what he would do. He would get him a, a, a rock and a big stick and start moving like this and leveraging that rock a little closer Levering out a little bit closer to the, to the valleys right there of the water where it was coming up. And finally, he got it, got it where he rolled it right down in that creek. And what would happen, it would change the tide. So when the water's coming down, it would start cutting over to the other property on the other side that a lot of the coal mines own. <laughs> I guess it's okay now, right? <laughs> so what he would do, he would leverage that rock and move it over. And everybody laughed at him. What is he doing out there? You're going to have a heart attack out there. Right? You hear this thing. See, sometimes in life when we're pushing on and we're pressing in to something that God's shown us or told us, people think, oh, what are you doing? That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even look like what everybody else does. Me and Jess was talking about that last night. Is your life supposed to look just like everybody else's? It should look a lot like Jesus. But you know what? Even in that, God will use his fingerprints on your life to bring about variety. So anyway, back to granddad. He moves it over and he starts diverting that water and it starts eroding the dirt off the other side. So now he's gaining more property. And what he does now, he starts filling his side in, filling his side in. So if you had this great chasm like we have here through the leverage and diverting that flow, right? He started gaining ground. And gaining ground and gaining ground. And I thought about that again last night as we divert the, the schemes of the enemy. And that the, the power of the Holy Spirit comes in our life and, and we take that and align our life with the word of God. It starts edging out the things of the world and we take more ground for Jesus. Somebody say amen. Because that right there will preach by itself. Think about that. You say, well, I'm not a coal miner. I don't have, I don't have a rock in my yard. I tell you what, I bet you in your life, there's something that's trying to erode in your life, taking things from your life that God's placed in it. Do you ever have difficult times? Do we have some tough times sometimes? And the enemy tries to set up camp in your life and your family and, and things like that. It's the same thing. 
We can leverage our life by moving forward and looking at the correct thing or correct person. His name is Jesus. So I want us to look at that. So as we move forward, just a little background there. I mean, how many of us have some difficulty early on in our life that's actually protected you later in your life? I didn't say it was fun. I didn't say, I didn't say it didn't, didn't put a couple of whelps on you along the way. But as we experience things, we should be able to make adjustments through the power of God and, and the Holy Spirit working with us. So, man, I'm never going to do that again. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do this. You start looking as God works in your life and he starts multiplying these things. When we step towards him, he goes, you know what? I'm going to teach you there. My kids are really are probably over this now. I said, hey, look, I just it's, it's a teachable moment. <laughs> and they go, dad's got another teachable moment. But what I try to do is leverage that and say, hey, you know what? Maybe if we'd have made that adjustment back here, we wouldn't be over here. Or maybe because we did this and we sought the Lord after this, that we didn't see the answer right then. How many know it's not always comfortable following what God says? He didn't come for your comfort. He come to save your soul. And I don't think he was in a whole lot of comfort on that cross, do you? But he took our place. He died for our sin. He poured out his blood to purchase us out of our sin debt and set us in the family. Couldn't we at least consider that today? Would you at least consider that today? But as we go through life, we realize that we have some tough things going on at times. Never, ever am I glossing over the pain that different folks have dealt with or even in my life. But I want us today to kind of take a look back in our life and realize this is going to help somebody today. I know it's, it's, it's preaching to me that God has forgiveness for your shortcomings. Somebody say amen. We all missed the mark. The Bible says all have missed the mark and fell short of the glory of God. All has sinned. But what we see here that God has made a provision through his son, Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, the only provision to be saved is to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I say it many times. I'm so glad that it's only one way because if it was more than that, I'd probably miss it. I'd probably mess it up. But see, God knew that. And he did what he did for each one of us. But as we look at this today, realize that we've got forgiveness for our shortcoming. And he's made a way on the cross, like I said. And I want us to be encouraged today that you know what? That there's a dream that God has placed in each one of us. There's a gift that God's placed in each one of us. And as we seek him about that, he will bring it to the forefront so you can bring your piece of the puzzle, your magnificent masterpiece that he's placed in your life to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. Think about that. Now, your gift might not look like mine or might not like yours or whatever the case. That does not mean anybody's gift is any less uh, important. You know, we work on things, you know, at my job and stuff, and, and we've got all these big vows and stuff and all these different things, and something will break, and then we'll have to call Miles and Mike and come over there, and they might find something like this, like a spring like that. Oh, that's broke. No, 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 no. We've got all this stuff, and it costs probably, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars every time we make a tunnel run and stuff like this. But they go, but, but this, this right, this little piece right here, that was important. See, you might be that piece in the equation of life. Never underestimate what God has called you to do and how God is working in you. Never think, never think that, that you can't make a difference. That's what I love about the Lord on top of everything else. I want you to hear this. You qualify in Christ. I have had people all over this world try to tell me how I don't qualify and I just go, thank you very little. 
I was like, no, no. I was like thank you very much. I said, thank you very little. <laughs> Hey, if you don't like what's going on, you talk to the Lord because I know he called me to do these things. Does that mean buddy does everything right? I'm not saying that. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm so thankful that God gives each of us the opportunity to serve him, to make a difference. It's amazing. It's crazy. You know what? You just never know who you're going to meet. I got a blessing today. I got a blessing today. I, I just want to wave to him over there, friend. My new friend right there. I was pumping gas three weeks ago. Young man, had his radio on, listening to stuff and everything else. I said, how you doing today? He said, fine, sir. Young folks calling somebody, sir. And we got to talking and everything else. And man, I said, what's going on? He said, oh, my name's Colin. But we didn't talk about anything else. That's good. And, and I've seen him pull. I said, I know that guy. I said, did, did you know? He said, no, I just felt like I was drawn here today. <laughs> Praise God, man. Now, what would have happened if I said, hey, boy, you better turn that music down over there. What's going on? Actually, I liked it. I was like, man, who is that? <laughs> and then he'd pull up here and he goes, oh, that's that idiot from the gas pump. See ya. <laughs> you know? But God works all things together for the good. We got to laugh at ourselves sometimes. I'm so thankful. Because, see, this is what happens a lot of times. We come in here to minister. But, man, where the real ministry happens is when you leave here. I said it a long time. One of my buddies said, long, he said, the service starts when you leave. Leverage your life in a way that people see Jesus in you. Man, let's keep on rolling. Everybody doing good so far? So the first thing we're talking about is leveraging your losses. Ooh, let's see what's going to happen here. So the first thing I say, how do we leverage our losses? Let's read that first part of Scripture. We're going to kind of walk it through. Again, it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. How many people do that? Woo, my foot's broke, praise the Lord. I don't think that's something probably happened. Now look at this. When you look at that and you kind of break that down, it says count it all joy. Count is a uh, uh, financial saying. It means to take a look at that and hold it up about and consider, evaluate. So let's plug it back in and evaluate it. All joy, my brothers, when you, and sisters, let me tell you, it's good for everybody. When you meet trials of various kinds. He says, hold it up against the backdrop of the cross. He says, look at it through the lens of the Lord. Look at that. I'm going to tell you, what, I've been through difficult things, and I know you have too, and I didn't want to sign up for them again. How about that? But if I can go through something, and it'll be a blessing to somebody else that don't have to go through it, I'm willing to share. Know this, not everybody's willing to receive, and that's okay. But I'm going to tell you what, isn't that what we do with our children? We try to teach them. We try to say, maybe you don't want to do that. You, don't want to do that. you know, you, you might want to go this way. But isn't that what God does with us? We got his manual on it. We got his handbook on it. He says, look, I give you life in abundance. Now, I want to, I want to remind you this because this is what happens sometimes and, and people get the wrong picture. Uh, just because we love the Lord... And we try to do our best in serving him. That does not mean we never have a problem. Amen? But we never go through it alone. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, with that. But as we look through that, it says, count it all joy. Again, it says, it doesn't say count it as joy. He doesn't, he doesn't say count it as joy. And like I said, to evaluate this in a way that you look at your trials from a whole different situation. He calls believers to develop a new and improved attitude. To consider trials from God's perspective. Do we do that? We have to. I got a couple of things going on in my life right now. In the backstory, And we're rolling on through it. 
I have no control of it. Guess what? I don't like it. I don't even like it that much. But you know what? I could turn around and get the shovel lip and plow path the, the with Creek Road going, there ain't nothing going my way. Or I go, man, you know what? God is going to work this thing out for the good. So I'm already giving him glory in this deal. Regardless, even if it doesn't turn out like I want it to, he's going to teach me something. Are you teachable? Are you moldable? Or do you got your lips so tight and your ears so, so turned off that you can't hear when God said, well, you know what? I want you to do this now. I want you to do this. How many people like to take things in their own hand? Push me, shove you, man. That's it. But I tell you what, as God works in our heart, you start thinking, Lord, I'm going to let you handle this. It's tough. We have to submit to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, you know what? You know what my needs are. You know my heart. I'm trusting you with this situation because I have no control of it. I can jump up and down and take more blood pressure medicine, everything else, kick the cat. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'd be divorced. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> He was like, where's Pastor Buddy? He's getting his head sewed up. <laughs> How many animal lovers we got in here? <laughs> Me too. I love my animals. All six cats and a three-legged dog. I'll drink to that right now. Mm -hmm. I tell you what, aren't they a blessing? You work all day, everything else, people pulling on you and everything else. Who's waiting at the door? Your dog. Your cat. That's it. I love it, man. Just think if we would sit at the feet of Jesus like that, Lord, what do you have for me? But as we go through this thing, we know that there's a lot of trials and, and, and things. But let's take a look at this next piece here. We should be prepared and not caught off guard when a sudden trial comes upon us. How do we do that? We prepare our heart. We're leaning into what the Lord says and we're listening to him. It says trials are part of the Christian experience. Think about that. Jesus told us this, in this world you will have trouble. He didn't tell no, he didn't mix no words on that. We all have something. You said, man, buddy, I thought you was going to encourage. I ain't done yet. I'm just telling you the truth. What I always say, I don't tell you something to scare you. I tell you something to prepare you. Because things are going to happen. Things that are out of your control. There's things in our life that happen in our life that we have no control of. Right? And there's things in our life that we need to take ownership of, don't we? Because we drove that bus right on over the side. You know we have. I don't understand how we got here. Well, I'm thinking it was probably starting right back there when, when you did that, right? Yeah. Whoo, I just heard my dad talking. <laughs> I just heard my dad speaking through my ear there, boy. Yeah, I told you, boy. But you know, when we go through this, how do we continue to just keep moving forward? I said trials and stuff are difficult times, man. We look through this thing, and, and look at this. I'm going to read the rest of this here. And it's talking about, it says, I have said these things to you that in, my, in me you will have peace. Look at that. And you, and you will have, in this world you have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Look at that, we've overcome the world in Christ. So when a crisis comes, I just go ahead and say, well, it's all about Jesus. And the reason I share this with you, because I'm just giving you the, 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 the layout of what's going on, because one day I'm going to be able to tell you here when, when the smoke clears in my life and different things. So you remember, you remember like uh, a year ago when I was telling you it was some bumpy roads? Look how God worked that out. He will do it. And I'm okay any way he wants to do it. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'd like to take the comfort, comfort road. How about y'all? That's not always the best path traveling. 
I think that's what the world wants you to take. Just be comfortable. Oh, you know, man, just it's all right. Can you believe that? And then we get complacent, don't we? Isn't that something? But God says, you know what? I want to leverage your losses, even the things that are tough in your life. God could turn them around when we put them up against the backdrop of the cross. Let's go to verse three. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Oh, let's talk about that. I said trials are difficult and painful. Everybody can say amen to that. But God can use them for a purpose. God can use them for a purpose. I remember one time talking about dear old dad already. He was thinking about stuff, and man, he was tight as a bark on a tree, man. I'm going to tell you, he ain't coming off no cash. Just telling you. Y'all didn't know that? No, ain't nobody like that in here, right? Oh, boy, I'm out here by myself for a second. Unless it was his grandkids. And he's like, hey, whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I said, well, Dad, I said, whatever it was, we were going to look at something. It's like 100 bucks. I was like, just buy it. See, this is when I didn't have any bills or anything. And had a couple of dollars. I was like, it's a hundred bucks. Just a hundred bucks. You want me to buy it for you? You know, I'm just being stupid, right? And he goes, boy, let me tell you something. $10 is a lot of money when you don't have much. And then I didn't have much. And I could hear him. And I go to that ATM machine, try to get out a little money. I'm thinking, it's going to take my sleeve off my shirt. <laughs> wow, okay, we got enough. We got enough for some french fries, right? Because things go on in your life. But I'm going to tell you what. Now I look at that different. I look at things different. And then I see somebody in need. I look at things different. God used that, that season of my life when things were difficult to turn around and go, remember what I said? Did he cause them? Absolutely not. Did I cause them? Absolutely did. How many people keep up with the Joneses? Who are the Joneses? <laughs> Dang, I can't keep up with you, baby. <laughs> but you know, I tell you what, I'm going to fix this right here. Somebody's going to scream. Somebody's going to laugh. Here we go. <laughs> Count it all joy. <laughs> but when we look at this, it's just like going to the gym. Jesse was telling me something the other day. He said, it's not how much weight you lift. You just got to tear those muscles down so they'll build back up. And see, as I get older, like I tell everybody, I said, I don't have to be an underwear model. I just don't want to have a heart attack. You know, how can you do this? No, I have no desire to lift 250 pounds unless it's on my foot. Then I want it off. Give me a good 10 pound weight. I tell you, <laughs> you go to the gym and this lady came over a while back. I'll never forget this. I was over there. I was over there. Yeah, had these. I said, oh, excuse me. Did you need to get over here? Uh, would you like to use these being funny? She said, no, I need the heavier ones. <laughs> All righty then. Thank you. Could you spot me? <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought I was going to be somebody. Brought me right down. But you look through those things in that steadfastness. It's just like working out. And going through these things that God is continuing to work in our life and, and, and carry us through these difficult times. And we can leverage those losses and realize this. How about this? Everybody's been through a tough time. And obviously God's pulled you through it, right? So when you get your next tough time, you say, well, you know what? If God got me through this and this and this and this, surely he's going to get me through this, right? I want you to remember that because always, there's always something coming on. Let's keep on rolling here. Verse 4. And let steadfastness have its full effect on you, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. God's got to do that work. Let me share something here. 
We all know that in life it's just a process. I say we, we, we don't learn everything the first time. How many people learn things the first time? Sometimes you do, but most of the time you don't. Over and over and over. Do you know why every service that we give people the opportunity to come to Jesus Christ? Because sometimes it takes somebody a couple times to get it. How many times did you hear that message? My friend called me yesterday, was talking a little bit, and I always, I always ask about his nephew. He pours into his, his nephew a lot. And I'll tell you what I call him because his name isn't that. But anyway, I said, how's Melvin doing? He said, Melvin's doing all right. I think he's going to go to a, a youth thing tonight. I said, that's good. Tell him I asked about him. Now, my buddy has been taking his nephew to church and church and church and all this and involving him stuff, living out a Christian life. And, form. and so last night, my buddy calls me. He goes, hey. I said, yeah, he doesn't usually call me at this time. I said, hey, hey, what's up? He said, well, friend, let me tell you, kid. Let me tell you a little something. He said, you asked about Melvin today. Melvin got saved today. Woo! Come on, praise the Lord. He said it was so amazing how God was working this. He said he was getting ready to go, go and, and walk in the car. He said there was another young fella that pulled him to the side and started talking to him. And, 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 and God just used this young man to touch another young man's life, to give his life to the Lord. How many times did my buddy probably think, man, he's just not getting it. I mean, how many times do we go and listen to How many times do we peep at the Bible and peep at the promises and shut them and say, well, maybe later. Not right now. I'm going to tell you what, don't quit. Keep going. What might seem to be a loss, you might probably just one step away from the victory. One step away from the victory. And look at that. That's where it comes complete, when God joins in and makes all things work together for the good. Now, you know, I was looking through here, and I, and I had a few more notes before I go to the next one. And I was thinking about this. When we look at different folks in the Bible, a few folks had some, some rough life, didn't they? Right. That's not something. Well, this is hey, this is my uncle Moses. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, he, he had a few things that he, he didn't get just right. I'm pretty sure he killed a guy. Right. They sent him out in the desert and all that. Did God work that together for the good? See, sometimes God's got to move everything else out of the way. So we'll listen so that we'll learn. You know, the best way to, to, to look up sometimes when you're flat on your back. We don't want to do that. But when you're flat on your back, you got a good view. God can do and will do and wants to do in your life. It, it starts to slow down the noise a little bit. It turns the volume down on the things of the world. Everything else stripped away. And let me tell you, the world and our so-called friends will chat everything. In it. Well, you know what? If that was me, they got to do the neck too. If that was me, that hurt. <laughs> I need to pray for my neck. But I'm going to tell you what. They get it. Oh, well, if that was me, boy, if they did that to me. That's not what God says. He said, let it ride. I'll take care of it. Take that same energy and focus on what God has. So as we look back through the backdrop of the Bible, there's some folks that had some loss, isn't it? We can name them all day long. David had some loss, didn't he? What about Joseph? He was the chosen one. How'd that work out for you? They locked him up, put him in a pit, sold him out. Potiphar's wife lied on the guy. He got passed over, everything else, all these things going on. But little did he know God was working all things together, preparing this man to save a nation later on and his family. How about that? What is God working in your heart right now? What has God been working in your heart in the past? Getting ready to come to the fullness of where you say, I've finally seen it. I see it now. This is what we're going to do. This is what's going on. Hey, you know what? I heard of you know, in, in world, uh, a lot of times you see people say, do you really think people care sometimes? 
in the world. I heard a saying that said 80% of the people don't care and the other 20 are glad it ain't them going through it. A lot of truth in that if you look around. It's crazy, isn't it? And you know, a lot of times I heard a guy speak one time. He says, you know what? We, we get in our jobs and we get in this and we just come home with a shovel up and it's affected everything else. And you know, they pay you just enough to keep you there and you work just enough for they don't fire you. Is that life? Just enough. I don't want a just enough life. I want the life in abundance that Jesus Christ said that he died to give us. That does not mean that it's always going to be easy. That there's going to be bumps, bruises, and setbacks, and there's going to be loss. But can we leverage those losses? Hey, man, I tell you what, I've been through different things. Second marriage for me, I ain't going to argue about too much gravy on the mashed potatoes at this stage of my life. I don't care. I'm going to learn what I learned from the first round and apply it to the second round. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, that's good. Major on the majors, minor on the minor, whatever it is that you go through. You know? I'll tell you what just popped in my mind. I remember I was, I was working a long, long time ago, many years ago, and I got a new vehicle. And then I decided that they should give me a raise because I got a new vehicle. <laughs> that will cause you to get your mind right real fast. And the boss, I said, hey, look, man. I said, I've been working here. I'm doing a good job. I just bought a truck. I need a raise. He said, sound like you need some financial assistance here. Somebody tell you something. Just because you get a new car, you know, it's not the company's problem to pay your car payment. Boy, that's a long walk back. Can I add that I was 18? <laughs> I'm not picking on. I'm not picking on 18, but I know me at 18. Whoo, Lord. Let me tell you. I hope I've gained a little wisdom over the time. But then there's times I do stuff and I go, Boy, you need some work. And God says, Come on, I'm still molding. I'm still going. Never think you're too far gone that God won't work in your life because everything changes when Christ is on the scene. Somebody say amen. So we're going to leverage our losses. We're not glossing over them. We're not saying that they don't matter. But I'm going to tell you what. I'd rather turn around and, and ask the Lord to take my pain and turn it into power than to turn my pain into something that's going to stifle me and rob me for the rest of my days. And God can do that. And God will do that. How about this? How about leveraging the love? You got to say the leveraging the love. You got to say the love. Here we go. You know y'all say that when they ain't around. I said, let's look at this here. This is really where I wanted to get to. Anybody ever read the 23rd Psalm? Oh, it's powerful. Boy, I've been camping out in there all week. All week. The Lord was showing me some stuff. I'm going to roll through some things that maybe you've seen before, maybe you haven't. But I, I want you to take a look at this. The Lord is my shepherd. I've been studying in the Psalms. If you start in Psalm, like I think it's like 20 and 21, you start seeing Jesus as a soldier. And then you get to about 22, you start seeing him as the Savior. And as we roll into Psalm 23, we see him as the shepherd, the good shepherd. There's a lot to be learned about sheep. I've learned a lot about sheep this week. I've also learned that, it's, it's, that that animal is mentioned more times in the Bible than any other animal. Over 500 times. So God's trying to teach us something. He's trying to show us something. Take a look at this. I said first in the psalm, it's really plain to see that David is doing the comparison. I'm going to break it down. That the Lord is the shepherd and we are a sheep. Everybody got that part so far, right? We're the sheep. Mm. How many people know... That they don't usually give sheep a good rap. They say they're not the smartest. Just encouraging us today a little bit. But as we look at this, we start seeing a lot of different things. The shepherd cares for the sheep. 
And, and Jesus is the good shepherd. And what does it say? I shall not want. He supplies our need. He's a provider. I'm going to walk through this here. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes sure that we have everything we need. Somebody say amen. Do you feel the love? See, that's what it does. He's a provider. Look at this. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. I want you to picture this for a minute, the peacefulness of that. I also found out this, that sheep on their own, they're really not able to find good water by themselves. I also, see where he talks about, about the side of the still water. I also found out this week that sheep are a little skittish around running water. Didn't know that. So they have to rely on him. They have to rely on the Lord to take them through. We need to rely on him. He's our shepherd. This is just really crazy as you look at some of the things that we see here. What type of shepherd is he? He's good. Now, if you look at that, you see shepherds lead from the front. They don't lead and try to corral. They lead from the front. So I heard a little story this week I thought I'd share it with you. I thought it was kind of neat. The other shepherds were watching this guy, and he was leading from the back. He was trying to corral all the sheep. And they go, what is that guy doing? He's running from the back, trying to corral him and everything else. They went out there and said, hey. What type of shepherd are you? You're supposed to be leading from the front. He said, I'm the butcher. I ain't leading nothing. <laughs> See, that's what happens is, is the enemy tries to get behind you and chase you down. Right? We need some guidance. Amen. How many people need some guidance? I do. I need to be keeping my eyes on the Lord. Don't be dancing with the butcher, boy. That's what he's going to do. Look at this. Let's keep on going. I'm going to get where I want to get here in a minute. Keep working with me. He restores the soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Man. For his name's sake. Because he's promised us that he'll take care of us. He's true to his word. Have you ever had somebody lie to you? It's rough, ain't it? Have you ever said somebody sold you out? Business deal? Just anything. You're not going to have that with God. See, this I've, I've talked to people a lot. And, and, you know, sometimes if people don't get the answer they want from, from, from people around them, they'll keep asking people until they agree with them. I like to say it this way. Everybody wants your opinion as long as it agrees with theirs. That's a good T-shirt, Mike. We'll do them. That's the deal. But see, what happens is God's very clear in his, his path. And so if he says, don't do this, he doesn't mean, nah, don't do it sometimes. He says, this is not the best path for you. The good news is this. When we do, Mr. Mark, his grace and mercy allows us to get back in the game. Aren't you glad of that? So I want, I want you to see that love again, that we leverage the love in redemption and forgiveness. And that's what he's working on right here. Take a look at this. This is where I wanted to get. Everybody good? Here we go. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Mm -mm -mm. We've heard that many times. I love what Angela taught us about that. She said, notice we're going through. We're not stopping. When I think about that, I always think about some of her messages she shared in the past. But the Lord opened this a little bit, even a little bit deeper here. And it makes me think of this. It makes me think that because the Lord is, is so brilliant with his life, he casts a shadow on death. In other words, his shadow outshines death. 
The brightness of the Lord outshines death. Where's your sting? Death. When we know the Lord. We know this is temporary. It casts a shadow on death. It weakens that. Now, how many people have ever been bit by a dog? I have. I got a scar right here on my nose from that bad boy. Dookie, the German shepherd. Getting sidetracked, but it's all right. It hurts. How many people have ever been bit by this? Roof, roof, a shadow puppet. Ain't nobody. Now, let's go back to the text. Look at this. I go through the valley of the shadow of death. The shadow of death ain't going to hurt you. Jesus has got you. I've never had anybody get stabbed with a shadow knife. Shot with a shadow gun. So why are we worried about this when we've got Jesus carrying us through? Showing us the way, amen? I know that's crazy, but that's how my brain works. I hope that helps somebody. But we look at this. He said, that rod and that staff, they come from me. Now, when they were taking the sheep, right, to these great lush places to eat, it wasn't like it was all flat ground. When David wrote this in the part of the country, he's got to go way up the hills and the mountains, right? And sometimes that they had to look out for the wolves and everything else. So he had, that, he had that stick. He had that rod. Guess what? Bing, get off my sheep. But guess this. Look at this, the staff. It has the crook on it. And see, they would be going around and around trying to get up this mountaintop to the good grazing. And sometimes he would have to take that little hook and bring them back over to the side. Sometimes inches are falling off the side. They say if a, if a sheep's going off a cliff, the rest of them will follow. Did your mama ever ask you that? Well, if your friends jump off a bridge, you're going to follow them? She got it from the Bible. I'm just teasing. <laughs> but you look at this right here. But see, they say that sheep will just keep on following who are you following? Are you following the good shepherd? Or are you just setting the stage yourself? Are you just fumbling through life and thinking, oh, that's okay, I got it, everything else is okay. But what I want to get through here today is this. The world casts many, many shadows. It casts a shadow that you're not worth nothing. It casts a shadow that you'll never measure up. You don't have enough, you don't look right, you, don't, you weigh too much, you weigh too less. All those things. That's the butcher, friends. That's the enemy coming behind you. Trying to do what? Kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life in abundance. Follow the good shepherd. That's how you leverage the love. Because when God's love starts pouring in your life, you can't, help, you can't contain it. Do you have more grace and mercy and love in your life for other people now than you did before you got saved? I would hope so. Do, do you prefer grace in your life when, when you miss the mark? I know I do. Do you give it? Do you, do you pass it on? Are you a mirror of Christ to those other folks that might be going through a difficult time? Or do you take them to the mat? Man, should have known better. Known, but is that how God deals with you? No. God woos us back to himself. God loves us right where we are. He continues. And, and guess what? Sometimes it's tough love, isn't it? I think with sitting down with folks over the last 22 years, the hardest thing that I see in parents' life and, and different things, like that, sometimes tough love is tough. It's tough. But sometimes if we don't take that stand, we allow that person to manipulate your love and your goodness and what you're trying to do for them. And it's very difficult. So we need to seek God's wisdom. We need to leverage that love. 
Just because I don't agree with you don't mean I don't love you. Just because I don't give you everything you want don't mean I don't love you. You know, God works in our life. He chastises us as, as, as we need to go through different things. He teaches us things, right? Man, don't do that. Let's go move forward. But I want you to see overall what I'm getting at is this whole thing. is as we go through death, not just a physical death when we leave this place. When you have a death of a dream, God can resurrect that. When you have a, have a, have a death of, of just saying, man, this is never going to be the same again. I'm not going soft on that. I'm saying that God can lead us into a path and down a path to that green pasture again. He can bring us back to that still water. And I'm going to be honest with you. He's the only one that can. He's the only one that can. Everybody doing good so far? Leverage that love of the Lord. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anoints my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Our Lord is a God of provision. He makes sure we have all we need. He continues to, to the work in our behalf. He turns to, to, to even in the, I love this part where he says, he prepares uh, a table before my enemies. He didn't take the enemies out of the equation all the time. You notice that? Just like when, when, when you know, Peter was walking on the water, he calls out to the Lord. He goes out to the Lord and he says, hey, if that's you, I want to come out and walk on the water. And he says, come. And Peter goes out. We all know the story. I share it many times. It's, it's just been a revelation in my life to how God works with us. And, and, and he goes, oh, and he cries out and the Lord grabs him, right? He did not stop the storm at that point. Read it. And he carries him back into the boat. And then the storm stops. People say, well, buddy, what's that all about? See, we just stop. It hurts. I don't want to play no more. God says, hold me. I'll hold you. And he'll carry you through that storm. And he'll put you back on safe ground. Whatever it is you're going through, realize you can call on the name of Jesus. That's what we see there. In the midst of that, he is more than enough and he's all we need. Everybody doing good? He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, I'm going to tell you what. That's what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm banking on. This is just a rehearsal for heaven, man. We're just cutting through this place. And let me tell you what. Can you imagine when you take your last breath here and your first breath there? Mm. What's it going to be like? No pain. Getting to see the Lord face to face. Our loved ones again. Look at all that. That's the promise that we have in God for a child of God. If you not put your faith and trust in Lord then guess what? You've rejected the only way to heaven. The only thing left is hell. You don't have to go. You don't have to go. All you got to do is trust the Lord and allow him to work in your life. Leverage that love, Lord, this morning. Touch somebody's heart today, Lord, because I'm telling you, he is a good God and all good gifts come from God. Everybody doing good? I'm going to bring it home now. I'm thinking I'm going to bring it home. There it is. So how do we leverage all that? We talked about our losses. We didn't minimize them. We just talked about them. It's going to take God to leverage your loss into something good. It's not going to be your brother, sister, this and that. Now, they could come alongside and God can use them. But it's going to take the healing touch of God. It's going to take the power of God. It's going to take the love of God, the grace of God to bring us out of that situation. 
where we can leverage that to life. Look at this here. Leaving a legacy. Some good questions for you this morning. How do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered? Think about the people that had the greatest impact on your life. How do you remember them? Maybe it's a praying mom. Maybe it's a friend that, that did their very best to be there for you all the time. I don't know. But look at this. Maybe it was somebody that told you about Christ. Maybe there's somebody that kept asking you each week to come to Bible study. Maybe it was somebody each week that finally you went and you go, wow. Think about my friend, little Melvin. All that time. Sunday after Sunday. Wednesday after Wednesday. But man, last night we celebrate that he got it. He came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Is that you today? Have you been coming in and out? Have you been listening and sitting on the back row of church for years and go, yeah, yeah, that's nice, that's good. Mm, Jesus loves me. Have you received that? See, that's the deal. When you stand before the Lord, he's going to say, did you receive my son? Have you put your faith and trust in him? What are you counting on to go to heaven, folks? Nothing but the blood of Christ. The death, burial, resurrection of that. So what legacy are we leaving? This, this concerns me a lot. I don't say a bunch about it, but this concerns me a lot. I think about next week, next year, and all that. I know they keep the promise, but it's just a small spoke in that wheel. Small spoke. It's all of us working together, keeping our eyes on that. So I went to my tax man yesterday. He's a believer. And we're talking. He says, how's the church going and everything else? And I was sitting there. And this guy spoke just what I've been thinking and praying and, and, and for years, right? And he goes, how's everything going, bud? I said, good, it's going good, yeah, it's talking. And he looked over his glasses and he says, who are you training to take your spot? He said, who are you training? Who are you, who is coming along to keep this thing going? It's bigger than you. I said, I pray about it all the time. I believe God's going to bring the right person at the right time. But see, that's in my heart because I don't want nothing to stop when, when, when one of us go down. We want to say, praise God for those that went before us. We'll keep on going. God's going to raise up the man, the women, and everything else. How many people ask you when you're doing new taxes, who are you raising up to come behind you? That just floored me. I don't even know the numbers he said. I don't know anything else he said. I don't know about any write-offs he said. I don't know anything. It just captivated my head and my heart. I said, Lord, send them. Lord, send them. But I don't want y'all to bone me out too early. I'm just telling you. I, I want to stay as long as I can, you know. I ain't going nowhere as far as I know. But I'm just saying, we have to think down the line. You have to think down the line. You got to keep going. You got to keep rolling. Man, that's why, they, that's why we make disciples. That's why we keep rolling. How do you want to be remembered? I want them to say, hey, that guy was about half crazy for Jesus, though. He knew how to have a good time, but he's still pointing people to Jesus. He's sharing Jesus at the gas pump. He don't care. Because it's worth so much more. Sometimes there's a little inconvenience in our lives that pay off big dividends. You know, sometimes you know, I ain't going to ask them to come to church no more. Well, I ain't going to pick them up. I ain't going to do this. Well, I told them, well, you know, they can come if they want. You can, whatever the case may be, it might be that time that they come and hear the word. I've shared the story many times. We're looking, oh, we're doing all right. Look at the time. With my dad. 
Dad, you want to come to church? Nah, I don't know, son. I don't think so. My dad got saved at a youth rally. He like 75 at a time. He got saved at a youth rally. They were yelling and screaming, woo, praise the Lord. My dad's like, take it all in. And then, man, they started preaching the word. That guy come, he didn't look, hey, look, man. Hey, have you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? If you've rejected him, this is what you got. You just busted hell wide open. My dad's like, I need Jesus. See, that's what it took for him to hear. Over and over, Dad, you want to come to church? I said, Dad, I'm playing guitar tonight. He said, you playing guitar tonight? Yeah, yeah I'm going to play guitar tonight. Yeah. And many of y'all won't really do that, but the very gift that my mom and dad gave me very early on, this particular guitar, he even asked, what guitar are you going to play? I said, I'm going to play the one y'all got me. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> Jesus reeling them in, baby. You remember that staff? <laughs> Jesus got the hook on daddy, boy. Whoom. It just looked like a Les Paul. <laughs> but you know what? God can use all things together for the good, man. Look at that. When my dad got saved, I mean, my dad got radically saved. He would call me and we'd talk about the Bible and everything else. I'm going to tell you what. He's got his rocket chair out there to this day in the garage that I got to take care of. He got a picnic table, a spittoon, and his Bible. Everybody got the red letter? We got tobacco. We got red man. And he is. He reading through there, boy. Wow. But I'm going to tell you what the legacy he left me is this. That I know that my dad and my mom are in heaven. Not because they're nice. Not because they're my mommy and daddy. It's because Jesus Christ touched their life. And they came to the realization that they need Christ. Just like each and every one of us need to come to. And he said, you know what? I got you. Call on that. Let's go and pick it up here. What is your life story saying? How are you impacting people? Think about that. Think about that. I'll go back to the gas pump again. If I was out there acting like completely, I know my friend would come by and say, oh, man, I don't need to go up in there. We give people different signals if we act different in church than we do out in the street. Aren't you the same person? Shouldn't you be the same person on your job? He doesn't just call you to come and say, well, I'll tell you what. Hey, look, uh, uh, the Lord's speaking to us and you're praying and the Lord says, uh, I just need you to serve me like two hours a week. Can you do that? No, he wants you all in. He didn't just give you two hours worth of salvation. He gave you eternity. Amen. What's your story saying? What is it? Are people going, hey, what, what can you tell me about the Lord? Let's keep going. Look at this. What defining moments can you share? See, people love to hear a story. And you know what's so great about a story that you tell about Jesus? It's about Jesus. They don't need to know your story. What's good is when your story intersects with the, the, the king of kings, the Lord of Lord. I can tell you this much of my story, but I can tell you a whole lot about the Lord. I was here. He came in and we're moving forward. Whoo. I don't want to go back. How about you? I don't want to go back. I want to keep moving forward. I want, I want to see that light. I want to see where the light of the Lord showing me through his word of what he's going to do for me, what he's done for me, how he wants to use me. I, I, I tell you, at this point in my life, things really start changing. When I was 40, I still think, man, I got to put some more money in that IRA. Got to do it. Got to do it. 50, I said, well, man, I got to get my knees replaced. 55, I said, Lord, I'm getting closer to seeing you every day. Right? I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm not trying to work my way to heaven. You can't do it. I want to serve him out of the love that he's put in my life. I want to take the losses that I've experienced and turn them into positive things to help somebody else. And I want to point people to Jesus. How about you? 
Because you can't take anything with you to heaven but this. You ready? <laughs> Other people. Now, I don't mean that you could grab them and bring them on. What I mean by that is you have the ability, the gift, the call to share your faith so that they come with you. That's what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You can't get saved on your grandma's faith. You can't get saved on what you put in the pot. But I can tell you what. The Lord will come into your life right here, right now, if you ask him. Amen. Look at this. I asked this a little earlier. Who impacted your life? Probably not just one person. Maybe several. I pray that each one in this room impacts your life. I pray that I have a, uh, the opportunity to impact your life in a positive way. That's, that's the legacy I want to live. How about that? Let's keep on going. Do you have a plan to reach your goals? We start out, boy, with some good goals. I'm going to tell you what. It's usually saving money, losing weight, all this stuff, everything. How about your Bible reading plan? Do we got one of those? How about your devotion time? How about, you know what? I'm not going to let anything stop me from going to church this week or next week or the week ever. And I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm talking about you just said it in your, in your mind. It's like, you know what? That's important. Is your job important? Yeah. You show up for that, right? How much more is this that impacts your eternal destination? Keep on rolling. People don't miss a whole lot, do they? I'm going to bring it home with this. Your life is a gift from God to you. And your gift was given to share with others. How are you sharing your life? Is it turning around and putting everybody down so you look better? Is it turning around and say, well, you know, you don't have what I have. You ought to do it this way. Or somebody else has something and you're mad because they got something and you don't have something. Or do you look at it through the lens of the Lord and say, man, I hope they know Jesus. And then you got to take it one step further. Would you be bold enough to ask them? Would you be bold enough to share your faith? My buddy Mike sitting here today. We're just celebrating a life for his brother Monday. Tomorrow be a week. That's what really inspired me to use his 23rd song. Because when I went to talk to my buddy, he was sure of where he was going. I didn't mix no words. I didn't say, well, you know, I'd like to come back and see you in a day or so. They told us two weeks, right? We got 24 hours. I tell you that because the urgency is here today. Don't put it off. There were so many people in this building Monday. They were four deep back there. They was, I was all up in here like this. All the way down here. One of James, I mean everywhere. All the way down here. Brian had the door open and people were on the porch. That's the life that my friend impacted. What legacy? He touched some lives, man. He touched some lives. People love this guy. And you know what? The family did such an amazing job of representing the Lord and re representing their brother and their friend and their family. You know what they did? They leveraged their loss. They said, you know what? He's gone from here, but we'll see him again. Thank you, Jesus. And we want everybody else that comes in the hearing of this word to know that you can have the same gift that our brother has, the same gift that we have by putting your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. They leveraged that loss. You see what I'm saying? That's where this message all came from. I'm looking at the family. I'm looking at my buddy. I'm looking at how God's working this, and I'm seeing all this stuff. 
And his wife shared with me, I know she wouldn't have a problem. We talked about it the other day. She knew it was getting close when he was leaving this place. She read that song to my friend. And it put him at comfort. And he went home to be with the Lord. Praise God for the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. We're talking about that today. The legacy that he left. You don't start leaving your legacy on your deathbed. You start today. You start today making a difference today. A little bit at a time. Allowing God to use you in a mighty way. I'm so thankful. I'm going to bring it home now. So let's go back and read this again. Count it all joy, brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You know how we become perfect and complete, lacking in nothing? Totally trusting God. That's how. And if you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that today is the day. You know, life's always about choices. And I put one before you today. The biggest, single, most heaviest choice is before you right now. You might have heard it a hundred times. Might be the first time you hear it. Just like my friend's nephew. But I pray that you hear it with an open heart. Here's the deal. If you died today, do you know for sure that you would spend eternity in heaven? If you can't say, as Angela says, 100%, listen close. Listen close. You're not going to get to heaven by being a nice guy, nice girl, putting money in the pot, helping grandma across the street, any of those things. There's one way to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He said, it's narrow. It's one way. And it's through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Putting our faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. He, we broke the law. And he paid the penalty. And when we ask him to come into our life of forgiveness and say, Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. He says, I will. And I will set you in the family for eternity. Friends, as we bow our heads and pray. I pray that you open your heart to what I'm getting to share. Lord, we thank you so much that you leveraged your life to give us eternal life. And I pray, Lord, if there's one here now that's never done that. They've sat in church. They've heard the message, but they've never took that step of faith. I'm not asking nobody to join anything. I'm not even asking you to stand. I'm just asking you, would you take a look at your heart? Would you take a true look at your situation? And I'll ask it again. If you die today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? If you're not 100% sure, I want you to look at me very close. I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to tell you how. The Lord says this. He says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means we all blew it. That means we need a Savior. And His Savior, Savior name is Jesus. Jesus came and lived a life without sin. He was the perfect sacrifice. They whipped Him. They beat him. They, they, they cast lots for his clothes. He poured out his blood for each one of us. See, blood is the lifeline. He gave his life for you and I. And they buried him in a tomb. 
He died for your sin and my sin. But on the third day, He rose. We have victory in Jesus through the death, burial, and resurrection. You say, buddy, I hear that. What do I need to do? Put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. You can pray this from your seat right where you are if this is your prayer. It's not a perfect prayer. It's got to be this way. Just go and go to the Lord and say, Lord, Lord, I know I got sin in my life. There's, I'm a sinner. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus Christ had died for your sin. Confess your sin. Lord, I have blown it. He already knows you have. We know we have. And then say, Lord, today I want to turn from my sin and turn to you. I want, I want you to come into my life and cleanse my life, Lord. Today, I pray that you forgive my sins, Lord, and help me to live for you. The Bible says that we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. We will be saved. He says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Don't be like my friend's nephew and, and wait another day and wait another day and wait another day. And we rejoice that God was, was, was gracious for that day to come where he called on the name of Jesus for forgiveness of his sin. I believe that today may be somebody's day here. You might be watching this later on. It might be your day. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Lord, I pray that you have your way with those here today and those that are listening online. And I pray if there's one here today that does not know you, that they do not leave here without calling on the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you and we praise you. And everybody said... Amen. If you guys have any questions about what was talked about today, shoot me an email, a text, whatever you need to do. I'd be glad to pray with you and talk to you. God is good and we love you. Bye-bye.